You're listening to Battles with Bits of Rubber. Ain't you lucky? Come on, get some. Come on, let's have it. Man, it's good to be back. So sorry for the delay. It's been a tough, tough time. Lots of things happening. So here we are back again with number 30. And this time we're talking to Chris Lyons. Now we did a series. Todd and I went to Monsterpalooza 2018 in Los Angeles. It was amazing. We had a fantastic time and we spoke to a ton of people. We've got loads of interviews that we're putting together now and going to start releasing these very soon. So this is the first one. This is Chris Lyons. And if you don't know Chris Lyons, you will certainly know his work. Uh, He has a company called Fangs Effects and they make teeth, which is a big deal for a lot of movies, as you'll hear. There's a lot of things that uh, are obviously fangs and teeth and all kinds of stuff that you'd expect to be dentures that are fake. But there's also a lot of things that you may not have even realized were the responsibility or fall within the remit of someone that makes teeth. Um, So Chris talks a little bit about some of the cool things he's done. He's worked on a lot of movies, done a lot of things. Pretty much all the big franchise movies or the Marvel movies you can think of and Harry Potter and loads of stuff. He's been doing it for a long, long time and he's got some fantastic credits under his belt. But the quality of his work is outstanding. I've had him make teeth for me personally, so I know firsthand exactly how good these things are. So uh, I urge you uh, to to grab a pen and paper and get stuck in. Normally I do the intros with Todd as well, but, you know, we recorded a bunch of interviews and we recorded the, um, the openers for them, but... For some reason, uh, as Todd will know, because I'm very good at not re- pressing the record button, that particular one we didn't record in the car. Um, so we don't have an intro together of Chris. But in order to get this out and expedite the whole process, I've just decided to run this one in now. So, uh, yeah, do stick by. Uh, listen to this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you like what you hear, then please share with your friends uh, and let us know what you think of this episode. Okay, so here we are. Here's me and Todd talking to Chris outside the Monster Palooza venue uh, we did this like two weeks ago. So get stuck in and uh, I'll speak to you later. Bye-bye. So I'm talking to Chris Lyons. We're outside the Monster Palooza venue of 2018 and it's nice and warm and we're not used to that in England. So it's, it's quite jolly. Yeah, it's about 80 degrees and it's something like that. Yeah, it's quite pleasant. Last night was lovely. Yeah. Did you see, you saw the Rick Baker tribute thing? And yeah, and Slash come on stage and all that sort of stuff. I wasn't expecting that. I was no, I thought it was going to be a looky-likey when they said Slash. Yeah. And then Slash walks out. It's yeah. like, hey, what's going yeah, on here? It's mental. Yeah. <laughs> but even at two o'clock this morning, it was still nice and warm. Yeah. So, oh, it's cool. So, Chris, you, I mean, you probably uh, walk in around this show and probably more people have seen your work than they realise, but you probably mm-hmm. don't get recognised like Rick Baker does. Yeah. But your work has been. So do you want to just explain briefly what it is you do and the kinds of movies you've worked on? I specialise in purely teeth, um, and that's it. And uh, plumping inside the mouth to give, like, strokes or if somebody's had a good kick in, going to swelling from the inside. Sort of films I've worked on, 10 years of Harry Potter, uh, on the 8th, done all the seasons of Game of Thrones, last two Bond movies, all the new Star Wars and all the new spin-offs, um, mostly, you know, all the big franchises, really, and we've done Guardians of the Galaxy, Maleficent, you name it, I think I've done it, I've done about 520 features in my career, wow. so plus TV, adverts, pop videos, um, and stuff like that. So, so, yeah, loads. What's your background? How did you get into it? Were you born? I got born? in by pure fluke. I'm a fully qualified dental technician by my trade. And uh, just pure fluke, really. At the time, Richard Glass, who does all the contact lenses, was working on Superman 3. And he had to make some contact lenses to look like metal. 
and he couldn't get them right, so he went out to dinner with one of his friends, who happened to be one of my clients, and this friend knew that Richard did films, and he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm doing Superman 3, can't get the bloody things to look like metal. Might know some guys get you out of trouble. So we got a phone call from this mad optician, who then took some scleral lenses and took the surface off the lenses. We then cast chrome cobalt, stuck it on the lens, and that went in the eye. Wow. He then went on to Legend, and that was when Lois Burwell was up and coming, Nick Dudman, Peter Rob King, and the lovely Jane Royal, bless her, were all working on that. The teeth were made in the States, but they were having problems with the States. Richard was on it, and he said, I might know some guys get you out of trouble. We go in, sort the problems out. They loved our work, so whenever they got a job that needed teeth, we got the job. Then mm-hmm. skews the pun through word of mouth and spread. And I'm currently on, I think, a minimum of 20 productions. Wow. Uh, and I normally average about eight, but at the moment, I'm think I'm topping over, just topping over twenty. Cranky. Uh, I think a lot of people only think of like like fangs when they think of teeth. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's not. Uh, you mentioned plumbers earlier. Yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of other things that you might use teeth for. <coughs> so, could you sort of give some examples yes, I mean, of things? So, some of the that? teeth, that, some of the stuff like that, you don't even know they're in there. Um, they can be seriously, seriously subtle. I mean, I did Emily Blunt on Girl on a Train. So when she's really run down and an alcoholic, she's got a little bit of plumping on the tops of her cheeks just to make her look a bit run down and slightly heavier. But unless you know, you, you wouldn't know it. So, yes, it's not all big monster teeth. It can be seriously, seriously subtle stuff. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, for instance, in uh, a lot of his films, he wears a bottom thing inside his bottom lip just to make his lip a little bit fuller, to make him look a little bit meaner. Um, he likes it. Um, so a lot of them just like stuff to work with um, to help them get around the actors. Um, and then say so some of it is really subtle and some of it is like big, fuck off, great monster teeth. Yeah. Nasty stuff. But it's not just fangs. No. We do gold teeth, teeth with diamonds, teeth with rubies. Um, I'm just doing a TV show. Well, I can't say what it is really, but he's got all solid gold teeth mm-hmm. um, all around the front. Um, but then you get the really ones that are fairly obvious. I just finished Bohemian Rhapsody with Rami Malik, and he's got Freddie Mercury teeth, and you can't play Freddie Mercury without Freddie Mercury teeth. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about that one, how the teeth are going to be taken, um, but I'm sure it'll be all right. He, yeah. he does a good Freddie. So something like that, do you have to make, maybe go through several sets of teeth before they're happy with the final look? Or With that one, yeah. We started off, um, I got a call over a year before filming um, to make him a top-secret set of teeth. So then he was practicing being Freddy. So by the time he came to filming, he was Freddy. Mm. He nailed it. But then we made on and went on to make about six different sets of varying sizes, and kept playing around doing tests until we we're happy with the set they, that worked best. Okay. Um, because although I made them accurate to the size of Freddy's teeth, you know, they, depending on the person's face, obviously they can look bigger. So you so have to compromise. Okay. Yeah, you compromise to okay. fit in. And would you have to like wear wear them? Do they often wear teeth for a while to get used to the role? To yes, yeah, so sometimes. And... I mean, nine to nine, nine times out of ten, they'll put the teeth in. There is no speech impediment at all. There is always the one time, and it's always when I get asked, "Will it affect my speech?" And they sit in front of the mirror and they say, "I can't speak, can't speak, can't speak," because uh, they're in front of the mirror. But I normally say, "Come on, let's just go outside, go go and get a cup of tea or go to the loo, whatever." And once they're away from the mirror, the brain switches off, and then the speech comes back. So normally it's within 10 minutes the speech will come back. Right. Occasionally we've done stuff to actually mess the speech up. Uh, we did it on Helena Bonham Carter on a theory of flight where she had placed someone's with um, motor neurons disease and she wanted her speech to be affected. So I worked quite closely with her 
And then when she went to the speech therapist, she put the pieces in I'd made, and the speech therapist said, you don't need me because your speech is there, just because we'd worked together and she couldn't speak properly. So what about missing teeth? I see that's something that you have to do on a yeah, There's mi- a limit to how much, I guess, you can reduce... Missing, missing teeth. Well, there's two, two uh, avenues to go down missing teeth. One is, obviously, to create a missing tooth. And it's always, they always want the front teeth to be missing. And it's the kiss of death. They always phone me up. So we need some missing teeth. What teeth do you want? Oh, four front teeth. And so I'll give it a rest. Uh, you know, how can I get rid of something that's there? Like it, all I can basically do is black the teeth out. Um, so I always try and persuade them to either smash the front teeth or move around the side. The only time it did work, I did a film called White Teeth with Naomi. What? Yes. And it was her first film. And they said they want the four front teeth missing. So I said, okay, I can create it and it will work as long as the director listens to me and how it's going to be shot and what lighting. If you want to shoot straight on, bright light, it's not going to work. You've got to think of your camera angles and the lighting. And for once they listened and it worked. You know, it did give the illusion that she'd lost her four front teeth. I think that's something that a lot of people don't take into consideration how important it is to Listen. Not, not have the DP yeah. get pissed off at you. Yeah. But then there's the other side of missing teeth, like on day one of Harry Potter, um, many, many moons ago, I happened to say to Amanda Knight, who's you know, head of makeup, I said, you do realise that all these kids are at the age where they're going to be losing teeth? And the director nearly wet himself because he hadn't thought about that. And it's like, okay, fine, yeah, just keep me on standby. If they lose a tooth, I can come in, change the shot for a couple of hours, I can come back and you can have the tooth back in. So I do the a lot actual of... actual tooth? Or? Yeah, not the actual tooth. They'll lose the tooth. Replica. I'll come in, take a cast, run away, come back with a, with a thing to go in and replace the tooth. And they had to do that a few times. They flew me up to Newcastle because, uh, uh, I can't his name now, one of them had a really, really wobbly tooth. They flew me to Newcastle and I had to actually make something on the spot. A temporary on the spot, and they just. It occurred to me that be a thing, but it's yeah. true. You're going to have yeah, these yeah. continuity issues. Kids, <coughs> yeah. kids, kids are going to lose yeah. their teeth. So I just and had you to work that quick. Yeah, and literally, That's I mean, if the studio's local, I literally I can run out, take the cast, come back, and be back in a couple of hours. So literally, they just turn around the shot or whatever, and then I come back and back to filming again. So it doesn't actually hold anything up. But they, some of them, are just, they don't think about it. You know, I've just done a couple of TV kids things on CBB. Uh, we did uh, Topsy and Tim and Waffle the Wonder Dog. And they're all at the age losing teeth like every flipping week. You know, and it's like I'd have to go in at the end of the day, take the cast and then get there for eight o'clock in the morning, put the tooth back in and carry on filming. And then we also do, we don't just stick to humans, we've made teeth of dogs. We did uh, seven deer hounds on Harry Potter because the director wanted them to look more vicious. So we, we made bigger fangs and then we worked with the animal handlers and made a device that holds the top lip up so like they're permanently snarling. And How does the dogs like the dogs were all been trained because I said are the dogs trained. I said, yeah, we spent like six or months. Sedated, at least. <laughs> yeah, but they, the, the problem is they didn't want to sedate the dogs because of the size; it was dangerous. So they spent six months training the dogs to enable, to let them hold their mouths open or just sit there like that, and then enable them people to put their hands in their mouth and fiddle around in the mouth. So when I got there, the first dog wasn't too happy, so we, we skipped that one and we brought Mummy Dog in. The Mummy Dog was quite happy. And then, so we made this snarling device that holds the lip up, so they look like they're permanently pissed off. And, but we had to do quick release teeth, because obviously being a dog, if a dog was to panic, they could bust their own teeth. Mm-hmm. So we worked with that, and then the director said, oh no, we'll just do an animatronic dog and CGI. It's like, thanks. And then I got a phone call for a Kanye West pop video where they wanted a Doberman to have gold fangs, 
And the way they were talking is if they were going to walk in with a Doberman off the street. And I said, look, if this better be a friendly Doberman, because if it's not a friendly Doberman, I'm not sticking my hand in his mouth. But it was, again, a fully trained dog. And the handler said, um, what are you doing? I said, well, haven't they told you? I said, I've got to take impressions of the dog. So I had to shove my hand in and take an impression of the dog. Make solid gold fangs. And then they shot it in black and white. So you, so it's all, you can see their shiny teeth, but you can't tell the gold. It's amazing how effective, like when you're saying there are things that you know about teeth and about how they're going to film, how those are important things to listen to. But if, if a production doesn't want to listen to the little guys, as far mm. as they're concerned, it makes a big difference in how things going to look. Yeah, I think simple things like that, like they spend all the money on this gold tooth, and you're kind of like, well, if I'd have known them to be black and white, we could have made them cheaper or yeah, or a different way or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, it, it's unnecessary. Well, you know what the game's like, so sometimes they will listen. I mean, the, the most, the, my most favourite film I think to work on. Uh, was Pan um, because the director actually trusted the department yes. so he said to Ivana who was doing the makeup, you know, I want to create pirates so she would, she had a wig block and she had a bit of side hair on it and a couple of little drawings and things like that and she got me in with the actor and the costume and we all independently had our input in the character and we all listened to each other so we all went away and created what we wanted to create came back and we put every single one in front of the director and apart from minor minor changes he said brilliant on every single one and it was great to just be given the freedom and the trust you know let let the professionals do what we're good at doing you ideal know? situation yeah and it was it was just you know the actors were lovely it was a lovely crew and it was just one of the most enjoyable films just be given that total freedom yeah yeah it wasn't i did some um, pieces for it uh, yeah for animated extras and uh, it's Mooty, whatever, it was uh, Paul Kay. Yeah, yeah. He had some teeth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was there a gold ring on Yeah, they cut him in the end, didn't they? Because he was too too scary or yeah, worrying. Yeah, he was creepy. Because yeah. he had scars all over his face and he was like, cross-dressing. And it was yeah. A bit, bit over. It was fantastic, but... Yeah, they were a bit worried about the... Uh, yeah. So they cut him. <laughs> and there was the other guy with the three scars. that did the three scars on his face. Yeah. He picked it, a massive throat. And there was an There was some cool stuff on it, but apparently they've all been cut out of it. You don't see them in there. I mean, that's the other thing. It used to get depressing. I mean, again, you guys know, you spend all this time, you make something, and the film comes out, and it's like, where was that then? Somewhere yeah. along the line, a decision was yeah. made, and they just... I mean, I've made teeth for every Star Wars, new Star Wars, and I've yet to see a single set of teeth. Now, early on in my career, it'd be like, bastards, you know, I spent all that time, and where are they? Now it's a case of, oh, well, check the, the bank balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah ka mm. it's in there. Let them go on with it. Yeah. You yeah. Know. It's but, a shame, though. Yeah. You know, they'll... Throw out the old, we'll fix it in post. We'll do it, do it CGI, and do it in post because post is a separate budget, and they just don't realize how much that costs. I know. Well, I mean, I, the worst one I did: 180 zombies on World War Z, and you, you see two zombies, and that's it out of 180. Crazy stuff. But then other departments. When I did Bond on Skyfall, um, Naomi phoned me up and said uh, they're trying to create this gag where Javier's going to pull his teeth out and his face is going to sink in, and there's no one can make their mind up how it's going to be done. Can you come to a meeting? So I'll come to a meeting. So I've got Sam Mendes, Barbara Broccoli, there's me, Naomi, and I've got visual effects there. And they were all sort of trying to talk around it. And I said, look, can somebody show me what you're trying to recreate here? So visual effects showed me this sort of image and moving image of the, taking the teeth out and the face caving in. So I said, well, I can give you most of that. I said, and you can just enhance it by sinking the cheek in. And they're like brilliant that's going to save us like Barbara that's going to save millions it's like I'm thinking in my head my bill's just going up you know because you can't save millions on that hand and I'm 
just going to charge you normal. And I did it. He wore two sets of teeth. He wore a set of teeth throughout the film. In the one scene when he's like in the isolation thing, he's wearing two sets of teeth. He's wearing nice teeth and the bad teeth. So he pulls out the nice teeth. And again, it doesn't affect his speech. He's talking all the way through. So he's wearing two at once. Yeah. Oh. And he pulls out the, the, the nice ones to reveal the rotten teeth. But then the CG was a little bit... It did look a bit CG. Yeah, and it was a bit shaky around the mouth area. Yeah. Um, it's a hard shot to do, though. Yeah. But then we made the appliance that he had in his hand with a big chrome lump that was supposed to be his cheekbone. Yeah. So we made that so visual effects could pick up on it. Okay, so did he have that in his mouth as much as he could? No, all we, all, no all we did was it was a plate and it had a, a bit of metal so that they could line it up. And then they just, yeah, I don't know how they do their work, but they did it. Just getting those things to work together. Yeah, but it's working as a team. You know, and that's the whole part of this industry. You have to work as a team. You can, I don't think you can have one isolated thing. Especially in makeup departments, you know, I think you have to work as a team and collaborate. I mean, I'm lucky. I've worked with people like yourselves, like Mark, and you know, I get I get um, designs on the back of a fag packet, down to full blown photoshops, um, and it's just like I'll do something to go with it. Or if it's a photoshop, try and copy it as close as you can. Um, and the one we did for Mark yesterday, the melting woman, that was all done long distance. I hadn't seen the the model. Mark hadn't seen the model. All we had was cast. It's all done long distance, and that was the first time they were put in yesterday morning. And they were okay? Yeah. Did somebody do the cast here and then ship them to you? She took her own cast, okay. shipped them to me, and then she got a life cast done. Mark got that, and it was just a gamble. It paid off. And I've got another set as well already fitted this morning. So sometimes I get, yeah, you know, it gets a bit hairy. You know, if you're called out and they're on, they're on camera in 15 minutes and no one's seen your teeth and you've got to get them out, make sure they fit. And they've got to go on camera, especially if you're flying abroad and doing stuff. Um, I've just done something on Carnival Row where they wanted something coming out of the mouth and like a pair of scissors opening and splitting the mouth open. So, and then we can only get to a certain point, obviously, then visual effects are going to take over. That but seems, again, that's a thing that you wouldn't necessarily think quite fell into the, into the dental yeah. aspect, but it does. Because it, I guess the fact that it's a fixture, that, you know, the teeth don't move so you can secure things too yeah suddenly that's more that's you know again it's amazing we did it on event horizon as well where they wanted like um there's like an ice pick goes in the back of the neck and they literally wanted it in real time so they put the rig on the back of the neck and in real time the guy just flicked his tongue and a bolt comes out sort of three inches out the mouth splits the gum and the tooth flies out and we even did a drill bit that span just in case they wanted to use an electric drill as well and it can be reset numerous times that's brilliant. Very and the only time yeah. you see it is wow. if you when if you watch Event Horizon, it's all in that the ship's log on the screen. If you go frame by frame, you'll see it. But if you watch it full yeah. speed, you'll never see it. Try and get some but it's there. Yeah, it's you, there. Yeah, it is there. Um, and that was and that was really funny because they said what they wanted, and we said it's really difficult. And then my dad's uh, friend, who was a singer in my dad's band, he had an accident when he was young and lost a load of premaxilla at the top. So he had space in his jaw to get the device in. So we said, look, this guy's perfect. We can work it on this guy. So we got him the part in the film. <laughs> That's turning negative into a positive. Yeah. And it's in you know, some of the stuff we do. I did another one called Dead Babies. Horrible title of a film. Um, and it's there's a most common nightmare is people losing their teeth. Yeah. And the opening shot was this guy. He's paranoid about teeth. He's got bits of metal holding his teeth in. He sleeps with a big head protective brace on. And the opening shot was full mouth, wide open, teeth falling out. 
So the director said to me, he said, I need, a, I need someone with teeth missing. So I said, what are you trying to do? So he told me the shot. I said, okay, leave it with me. I'll, I'll do something for you. So I made these teeth, and I got in front of the director with the actor, and I said, um, I've got the name of the, act, the director. I said, here's your teeth that fall out. So he took a look at them, and he said, well, they're exactly the same as the teeth he normally wears. I said, I know, but go on, Charlie, do your stuff. It was Charlie Condon, and he opened his mouth, and just goes, ah, and all the teeth with roots just fall out of his mouth. And the director just said, you're just sick. <laughs> so I like to be challenged. And I also like, as well, I like the big monster stuff, but I also like stuff that you look at it and think, same with you guys, you know, you, you, it's great to do a big monster, but it's nice to do the really subtle stuff. Yes. So when people look at me, it's like, have they, haven't they? Yeah. You know, what, something not right? Because if they look completely real, it's hiding in plain sight, isn't it? Yeah. It's a joy that you're looking at something that's been completely fabricated, yeah. but they don't see where it is. And it also throws the viewers off as well, because you know, the, the tiny little things can often distract yeah. the, 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 the bigger things. Well, yeah. that's... that's the biggest compliment, isn't it? You know, yeah. Visual effects artists—they show you your work, and you look at it, and you say, "What did, what did you do?" Like, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 You know, when you don't notice it. Yeah. But I like the I like the job. I mean, going back to listening. I mean, when I did the Iron Lady with Mark, I went to see Meryl, and um, she said to me, "You do realise that I'm playing Maggie, and it's bouncing backwards and forwards through ages. So we need teeth to be accurate to the period." So I said, that's all well and good. I said, but you do realise that Maggie suffered with her teeth throughout her life and her teeth changed. If you look at her teeth, you know, one time she's got a gap, next time she hasn't got a gap. I said, and if we actually do do it correctly, it's going to be distracting for the viewers because they're going to keep looking at us and where's the gap gone? Where's this gone? So he said, what do you suggest? I said, let's pick an iconic look. I said, although it's not technically correct, it's, it's we have a little bit of artistic license. Let's pick one iconic look and we'll stick with that and we'll age it up through the film. And she said, what a brilliant idea. So that's what we did. Otherwise, it would have just been too it's distracting. Very messy yeah. For, for continuity and expensive yeah. as well. Yeah. That's so it. it's good when they do listen. I think also there's something else like what I noticed like when I've had you make teeth for me and I, had, um, I designed what I thought would be a good look and I'd show you some things, then you would come up with things and ideas that you, I wouldn't have thought to a friendship because I don't know teeth as well as you do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's that, having that knowledge about how teeth are, what goes wrong with them. Because I guess a lot of cosmetic work is to correct things. Yeah. So you're very aware of what it is that does and can go wrong, and then you exacerbate those for effect, like we do with makeup. Mm -hmm. mm. So it's it's good that not everybody, you know, you have your departments and they know their things. Yeah. And it's like say trusting people to, I'll, I'll have a rough idea and I'll trust that if you make a change, it's important. And oddly, I found that when you look at them as they are. They might look a bit too much or too little or yeah. whatever, but then when they go in, then they're framed by the face, then it makes sense. And mm. it's, it's, a, it's at that point you go, I, I see what people pay for now, do you mm. know what I mean? Whereas if you see people just kind of trying to make their own teeth based on what they think it should be, mm -hmm. often it's quite lacking because there's, like with prosthetics, there's a, there's a level of, of competence that until you see it done, you don't well, it's really beginning appreciate sculpt, it. Well, beginning there. sculptors when they're trying to to sculpt an age makeup without understanding what the the anatomy is mm. under the skin and how you got to know how, the basics. How tissue wrinkles. Yeah, yeah. It's not easy. Yeah, they just they just do wrinkles mm. any which way that you know the wrinklier it it is, yeah. the older somebody is. And that's not, not but, correct. But I mean, I always always say to people, like, you know, I do a couple of talks and courses and shows, and I always say to people, you know, when they're training, look, I could mostly make a makeup but it's going to be nowhere as good as yours. You can mostly make a set of teeth, 
well, not blow my own trumpet, but they won't be as good as mine. Yeah. So why do you want to stress yourself out trying to do something that you're not good at? Concentrate on what you're good at and then farm the bits out that you're not good at to the people that know how, how to do it. Yeah. And the end result will make your makeup look better yeah. with a bit of collaboration. Well, it's, it's, yeah, and it should be a collaboration. Yeah. And the, uh, there's also the dangerous side of it. I mean, the, it's the materials. I mean, the acrylics is the most dangerous material I have in my building. Um, we're supposed to use it in an airlocked room wearing full aspiration suits where the air is changed like every two minutes. Um, and if you bench cure acrylic, the, the liquid, the monomer, doesn't 100% cure and it can leach out and you can get lesions and hard soaks in the skin, hardens the arteries. It's evil stuff. Whereas the way we, I mean, I've got some serious gear um, and a lot of that is to cure the acrylics. So when I've cured it, it's 110% cured. And it's totally inert and it's safe to go in the oral, in, in oral environment. The other dangerous thing is doing it in the oral environment. This day and age, access having veneers, implants, God knows what else. Yeah, now you damage one of them. I mean, you take a veneers, like less than half a millimetre of porcelain. Now, if you chip one of them and it's a serious actor, they're not going to say, well, even if it's not a serious actor, they're not going to tell me and say, don't worry about it, I'll go to the dentist. You better have a fast pair of shoes on and start running. Yeah, because we well because they're going to sue you outside. You can go to the dentist; you might get it fixed, but we're filming. Yeah. And how much does a film cost every hour? Yeah. It's quite a few thousand dollars. Yeah. I'm, 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 I've got about ten million pound insurance um, just to cover that. And I think that's the thing: if you didn't know these kinds of things, and you go twenty, thirty sets of teeth without ever having a problem, you gain the confidence. You, probably really don't deserve to, deserve to have because when it's going to be it a keeps, hard it keeps you on your toes I mean yeah. and I always treat every film as my last film I don't rely on it I mean I'm lucky you know I've worked on what 500 odd features um, I've met some amazing makeup people I've done some amazing jobs been part of Oscar winning teams met amazing actors I've had a great career you know I've had a great career but I always treat each one as my last one because if you if you become too relaxed about it thinking you are the best in the world and no one's you haven't got any competition you're going to end up a cropper and you, your quality is going to drop your attention to detail is going to drop and just the way you communicate with people interact with actors and everything you've only got to drop it once and create a problem and you're gone because we all know this is a really small industry yeah. everyone thinks it's a massive industry it's so small i mean you know you go from job to job and it's the same crew moving around from job to job and all we, the time we were talking about this the other day too yeah. you know, yeah. Holly, Hollywood's a real small town yeah you, you, you work with the same people you, if, it, if it ain't broke don't fix it and it takes a long time to get in once you're in you're in mm -hmm. but you've only got to cock up once and you can be finished yeah. you yeah. know because word spreads yeah. you know like you might say oh don't use Chris you know, the last job I did was a bloody nightmare so instantly you look around for somebody else yeah. you know and it's, you just have to be on your toes all the time so I never take it for granted so, which I think is a good, personally I think it's a good attitude. I think it's a great attitude. You know, Definitely. you might be the best, but you not you you might not be for much longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you might be good. Yeah, it's the thing. You'd always be good, but you might not be the best. But the higher you go, the yeah, bigger you, the fall. You got to keep trying, though. <laughs> you keep improving and not not become complacent. No, I never give up. I'm always pushing myself. We push our materials. We started off with the, like basic dental materials years and years ago, and we pushed the materials beyond their normal usage. And then we've also developed our own materials and they're made exclusively for us. Um, so, again, we're just always, always pushing and developing. Um, everything's a challenge. We never say no. Um, if it's a really low budget, I'd rather someone come to me and say, look, I've got no money, it's a really low budget. I say, okay, well, you tell me what you want. I'll tell you what the cost, my normal cost is and I'll tell you what I can do it for. Don't tell me you'll make it up on the next job. 
I was thinking, like, bullshit. It never happens. Just be honest with me, and if I can help you, I'll help you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm here to make money. I'm not doing. I'm not a charity. Yep. Um, and we pair. I pair it down, and we come to some agreement. Yeah. But I've had that so many times. I'll make it up on the next job. It's just like, no, you won't. Because the next few jobs are all going to be low budget. And it's not until you get into the big time that you're going to have the decent budgets. So just be honest. And anyone starting in the career, I'll always help them out on the first job. First couple of jobs. I'll always help them. Because that's my future. Yeah, I'm established. And that's why I go to like Neil Gordon's courses and creative um, media and all that sort of stuff. Because that's my future. You know, I've got you guys, Mark Cullier and all the, all the big names, Erin and Mike. Bill Corso, Rick, and all that sort of stuff, but they're not going to be around forever. Yeah. So I've got to, I've got to keep feeding the business. Yeah, that's right. Because um, otherwise, I'll lose the business overnight. There you go. Thanks again for listening. Please do subscribe to us on iTunes. We're on Spotify. You can follow us on Spotify so you'll get updated with the latest episodes as soon as they come out. And uh, you can email the show, stuartandtodd at gmail.com. We do love to hear from people, uh, good or bad, just to let us know that you're listening. That's cool. And like I say, if you do dig it and you like it, the best thing you can do is share it on social media, share it with your friends. If you know someone's into effects and you enjoyed it, maybe they will too. Uh, it all helps us out the, the wider our listenership goes. We listen to, all, uh, you know, to people all around the world listen to us and we're just trying to grow our audience uh, organically um just by spreading the good word so you know if you dig it please uh, pass it on and um, and pay it forward that'd be amazing thank you very much and i hope you have a good day <laughs>